Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Diana Rossini will join me in just a second on the Goodyear hotline. But there is one thing I wanted to share very quickly because it is maybe the most important thing happening in the NFL today. And I don't think anyone is talking about it. Let me tell you what that is. Aaron Rodgers has a $6.8 million roster bonus that is due today. And after that is paid, it can no longer be part of the restructuring of any contract of his contract to be specific. So it reduces the amount of money they could save against this year's salary cap. What it basically means is if they were going to restructure his contract in order to try and uh, help them get more players this year under the cap, this is something they would have done before today. That means Aaron Rodgers has not and is not likely to restructure his deal in Green Bay. This is incredibly significant and should absolutely be interpreted as a sign that the plan has not changed from a year ago, that Rodgers is year-to-year, and that Jordan Love remains very much in the picture. The way these things work, if you restructure a contract, it gets extended. You add money, you add years, and you smooth out the way that impacts your cap. Either the Packers didn't want to do it, or Rodgers didn't want to do it. Let's just deal in what we know. We know it didn't get done. And if it was going to get done, again, it would have gotten done before this roster bonus came due because that impacts the amount of money they can save. So the Aaron Rodgers final year in Green Bay thing continues to feel very real to me. Let me bring Diana in on that thought. Diana Rossini with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Diana, what do you think as, as we see Aaron Rodgers not restructuring as other players on that team did and so many other players around the league did? What should we make of that? Yeah, good morning. And it's interesting that you say we're not talking about it. Uh, our colleague and one of my good friends, Jen Latta, is a uh, is a morning, morning radio talk show host in Milwaukee, where mm-hmm. obviously it's all Packers all, all the time out there. And she was texting me really early this morning, having the same conversation that you're saying, basically asking the same thing, like, what do you make of this? And and I actually think you, you nailed it by laying out what it means. I don't think there's any um, confusion with what it means. Uh, the Packers drafted Jordan Love because they believe that he is the quarterback of the future. They, they didn't just do that um, to, to anger anybody or just to have extra insurance. They did this because they believe in him. And when it, I remember when they drafted him, talking to people in league circles about what they made of it, they kept pointing to the fact that the Packers always go with the best player in the draft. That, that's just been their formula. And if they think that he's the best player, then they're sold that he's the future. That's how that works. So, I, you know, I think you're dead on saying that then with Aaron Rodgers not restructuring it, whether it's his choice or their choice, this is a year-to-year thing. And we'll go back, I'm sure, spending the summer on your show Get Up talking about how much more time does Aaron Rodgers have in Green Bay? But it certainly is a little surprising after the year he had. We see where he's at personally in his career. He seems happier than he's ever been. Uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot of the interviews or at least read some of them over the last few weeks where he, he's gone on a bunch of podcasts and radio shows, and he's just glowing about his life. Um, so maybe maybe he's okay with this. Maybe he's got a bigger plan or he knows that his career will be just fine. But um, basically reading the, 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 the tea leaves here, it, it seems that Jordan Love will be the future in Green Bay. 
That's exactly right. I mean, so we see it. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because it sort of uh, it, it, it validates the way I was looking at this thing. And it continues to be nonsensical to me, but it does appear that's the way it's going to go. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs and more at Progressive.com. All right, Diana, I need you to help me. I have now allowed myself mentally to go to a place where I'm considering the possibility that the Jets are going to trade for Russell Wilson. And this is not good for me. This is not good for my health. It's not good for my psyche. It's not good for my family. It's not good for anybody. So am I, am I, is there any possibility of that is, I guess, my initial question. And the, the more important follow-up is, how about just the general possibility that Russell is going to get dealt before the draft? Well, credit to you for really keeping it together during this free agency. I've been watching you every day, and I think you've done a, a great job of containing the frustration and, and emotion because it makes me believe that you actually think what the Jets have been doing in terms of getting some weapons and, and spending a, a lot of money, um, it, it seems that you're pretty happy with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on for, from your professionalism into what they're going to do at the quarterback position. And I hate that I keep saying this to you, but I feel very, very strongly about this, that this Jets organization has yet to make a decision. That there's really a, I don't want to say it's a split because I can't, I don't talk to every person in that front office, but the people I do talk to tell me there's some that want Sam Darnold to stay and there's some that believe that they're going to go in the draft and get a quarterback. So until they make this decision, until they do their homework on these quarterbacks, which I know Mike Tannenbaum has made that point on your show. I'm sure Dan Orlovsky has knowing how their brains work that right now is very difficult as we're, as we're watching these GMs and head coaches attend these pro days. They're just all trying to get as much information as possible. So it makes sense why the jets haven't made a decision, but now in regards to Russell Wilson, I have not been. I have not heard that they're in the Russell Wilson game. That is that that is not a team that has stood out. Um, you know, the Bears obviously were the name um, that 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 was the obvious you know was the obvious one that we've been talking about. And I know Schefter's done a great job of covering it and continues to leave that door open, um, which which is spot on. And I, and I continue to hear that as well. Um, well, let me cut you off there. Hold on, Diana, because yep. the, the Bears of it all. Like, if what everyone is telling me is Seattle in a trade needs an answer at quarterback, that, that, that is, to me, what lets the Bears out of this thing. Is that, unless I'm missing something, how do they answer that question? Yeah, that, that is their biggest issue. Because if you remember when we talked about this last week, I yeah. said, I think Seattle is willing to deal Russell, but they can't find the answer at quarterback. That's been the issue. And it's still the issue. But I, I believe that teams get creative. They find ways. And, and who knows what the philosophy could be in Seattle? Are they willing to maybe take a year with a, you know, a plug-and-play kind of guy until they can find the quarterback of the future? Or perhaps they'll trade to get more draft um, stock, so to speak, to, to move up to try to get somebody. Um, you know, there, there's a lot that can still happen. But the fact that the door isn't closed, uh, should at least give your wife a little hope that there's some potential to have some juice in Chicago. But, um, you know, talking to people close to Russ, they've expressed to me, yes, a lot of what we're reporting is, is correct, you know, which is what we like to do. Um, he's not thrilled. He's not happy. Um, but most around him believe that he'll stay in Seattle for another year. Uh, and then and then we'll go on from there, which means 
that could that we, it could be another exciting off season next year. Diana, you're the best as always. Thank you. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, I haven't been able to congratulate you formally on the air on on taking over for the draft. There is no better choice at ESPN. Hmm. I cannot wait to be part of it and, and, and hopefully chat with you on the air too. I cannot wait. That's uh, nice of you to say. Thank you very much, Diana. I really appreciate it. Diana Rossini here. If, if you haven't heard. Uh, I'm going to host the first two nights of the draft on ESPN in six weeks, and I've never been more excited about anything. And, and that is why if you listen to the show, you're going to hear a lot of in, insight into the draft because I just know much more about it already than I would normally know. I, I have the first 36 players, at least on Todd McShay's list, down. I've watched video on all of them, so I've seen them all. So if you need to know anything about uh, Elijah Vera Tucker who is a, a possible offensive lineman for the Jets at 23, or Aziz Ojolari, or whoever else is you're interested in, I'm your man. Uh, anyway, thank you, Diana. That's nice of you to say. My um, March Madness, today's list is the five greatest moments in March Madness history, and it's as good a list as we've ever done. That's coming up next. Then Stink is on the way. Don't go away. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Delighted that you are with me. And we have a lot left to come today. We're going to continue going through all the NFL free agency moves with Mark Schlereth. And we got who you got with Bubba. But right now, this, I think, is going to be about as good a list as we have ever put together. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Right, the Green List is my top five, this, that, or the other, voted exclusively by me, Greeny, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And with the NCAA tournament beginning with the first four last night and then jumping into full swing today, this is my top five most memorable moments 
in NCAA tournament history and a great job by the crew. You will be able to hear each and every one of them here with me on ESPN Radio. Let's get it started. Number five. Guardian and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! 13, 12, 11. Georgetown with one timeout. Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy. Worthy five. The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship. That's Woody Durham with the Tar Heels Sports Network call of, I hate to say it, but Michael Jordan's shot is not the most memorable moment at the end of that game, but it is the Fred Brown mistake. It's one of the first championship games I remember in 82. I was in high school, and when Fred Brown throws that ball to James Worthy, just the, the blue color of his jersey flashes, and, and Fred Brown just sort of in a moment of panic throws it to Worthy. And it's one of the, unfortunately, it's one of the huge mistakes that you've ever seen, and Georgetown is trying to win that game. And it's one of the most epic games. you got Georgetown and Ewing on one side, and you got Carolina with Worthy, who was the first pick in the draft coming out of that game, and Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins. It's John Thompson against Dean Smith. It was such an epic game, and it comes down in so many ways, unfortunately, to that one play. That, to me, is the most memorable moment of that game. That's number five. Number four. Michigan out of timeout. Court, Carolina thought he'd travel with it. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. I hate to do it, but that's another one. That's the same Woody Durham on the Tar Heel Sports Network. It was, again, North Carolina, the recipient of the mistake, and that's Chris Weber calling the timeout they didn't have. And look, I'm not in any way one who wants to pile on or anything, but it is just one of those moments that you'll never forget if you saw it. And he's lived with it all these years, and it is what it is. He's had a great, he had a great career. He's a terrific announcer. I love Chris Weber. So this is not in any way meant at him in any other way, except to say that if you were watching that game, you'll never forget it. That was the Fab Five in their second year together. That was their last game together. The five of them with C. Webb and Juwan and my buddy Jalen and 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 Ray Jackson and Jimmy King. And and um, what can you say? It, it was just a mistake. Mistakes happen. That's the thing about sports is sometimes you run the risk of being remembered for the worst moments. And that is a terrible moment, of course, for C-Web. And it is an unforgettable, indelible image in my mind. It's number four on today's list. Now we get to the other side of the spectrum. Number three. All right. uh, Grand Hill will make the inbounds play. So that takes care of that option. Bobby Hurley up the floor with Leitner. They throw it the left of the floor. Leitner catches, comes down, dribbles, shoots, scores! Christian Leitner has hit the bucket at the buzzer. The Blue Devils win it. 104 to 103. Look out, Minneapolis. Here come the Blue Devils. That's the 92 East Regional Final. That's the Duke Radio Network call of Leitner's shot. That was the night that he was 10 of 10 from the floor and 10 of 10 from the line. And he makes the miracle shot off the unbelievable pass from Grant Hill. It, it, is, it is probably the most memorable individual moment, and it ends what I think was maybe the best game of basketball I've ever watched. I put it at three because it isn't a championship game. And the, the last two are both from the championship game. But as far as just individual indelible moments, this could easily have been number one. If you were watching, I remember where I was. I was in the press box in the old Chicago Stadium covering a Bulls game that was going on at the same time. And every one of us in that press box were watching the end of Duke, Kentucky. And that Leitner shot was 
remains one of the most incredible moments I've ever seen in sports. That was number three. Number two. Here we go. Jenkins will trigger. 4.7 seconds to go. Inbound to Ryan Archie Diacono. At half court with three seconds. Ryan Archie Diacono flips to Jenkins. Three for the win. It's good. It's good. That's Chris Jenkins knocking down the game winner to win the championship in 2016 against Carolina. The call from Westwood won. You hear it at the buzzer. I mean, it's a buzzer-beating three to win the national championship against Carolina in what was an unbelievable game. I have joked many times um, that that um, his name just jumped out of my head. Uh, Jay Wright, uh, Jay Wright, who I had on my podcast, and I joked about it with him. That that was when I realized he's not a human being. Because he doesn't even react. If you go back and see the video of that moment when that shot goes in, when Jenkins hits that shot, Jay Wright just sort of turns as though nothing just happened and shakes hands with Roy Williams, Azik, and an alien. I've, I can't believe that he doesn't react. And it's an extraordinary moment. When I had Jim Nance on just a couple of weeks ago, he said it was his number one most memorable moment from calling the NCAA tournament. But that's because he didn't call this one. This is number one. Number one. Five seconds left to Wittenberg. Wittenberg tries about a 30-footer. No good step back. Lorenzo Charles. State. Lorenzo Charles slams it in. A missed shot from 35 feet. Lorenzo Charles grabbed it, stuffed it back in. The Cinderella team has done it. The glass slipper fits. The Wolfpack has won the national championship. That's a great call. WPTF low Charles off the shot by Wittenberg. North Carolina State with a coach by the name of Jim Valvano wins the national championship against Fies, Slamma, Jamma, and Houston. And if you were watching, you will never forget it. It is the number one moment, in my opinion, in the history of the NCAA tournament. That is a great job by the staff. That is a fantastic green list for today. Greeny with you. Mark Schlereth next, plus who you got on the way. Stay there. Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Rainy with you on ESPN Radio. My buddy Mark Schlereth is 30 seconds away. I'll spend those 30 seconds telling you about Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Previously... On Greeny. I think that he should go to a place where he's backing up a quarterback with a similar skill set. I think the perfect place for him would be Buffalo. Well, 
And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I was talking about Mitchell Trubisky. He winds up in Buffalo as the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. It's one of the many interesting things. I find it interesting that have happened in free agency so far. Let's talk about them all with three-time Super Bowl champion now from Fox. My friend Mark Schlereth is back with me on ESPN Radio. Hello, Stink. Greeny, how are you, my friend? It's always I, great I, to, uh, I, to catch up with you. Well, yes, I, but I feel like I see everything that goes on with you because your family is very social media Conscious, I know that your daughter Avery got a little dog. I know that you were all mm-hmm. at Disney World recently running amok yes. down there. I know you have the little grandson now. So it really, it, social media is an interesting thing. If you're active on it, while I have not actually seen you in a while, I feel like I'm completely caught up on everything. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I feel the same way. I mean, we're all connected. And, uh, and no matter what, no matter how long you stay away, um, when you have the friendship and the, and the history that we have, as soon as you get together, you feel completely connected, anyhow. So it's always great to it's always great to catch up with you and the family. That's correct. But then, the, but the opposite of that is then you feel that way. But then, like all of a sudden, you're like, well, if, if I didn't know all these things, you'd say, well, Avery got a dog, and we have a grandson now, and we went to Disney World, and I'd be like, wow, I really don't know anything that's going on uh, with with the Stink and the Schlereths. And now I actually do. Let me mention that that soundbite was part of our weekly rewind, which is brought to you by Dell. Dell's semi-annual sale for business has arrived. Save up to. on Dell computers powered by Intel Core processors. Just call 877-ASK-DELL. Okay, let's get to business. Stink. I want to start by asking you your thoughts on the busiest team in free agency, and that was New England. At the beginning of this thing, at the beginning of this week, they made a million moves. And Lord knows they needed a lot of help. But bringing a whole bunch of players in at one time and trying to make it work is not an easy thing to do. You know more about this kind of thing than anybody I know. How good do you think they're going to be? Well, I think they're definitely improved. I think if you look at that division, you're like, all right, Buffalo is clearly the, the class of the division right now, but we can make grounds within that division. We were 7-9 and nine last year. Cam Newton actually played pretty well up until he had COVID, and then it kind of fell apart. Um, so I would, look at, I would look at their situation. We have never seen a team win free agency and win in the NFL, mm-hmm. but – Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are just different to me. The way they coach them, I've never seen a better team when it comes to draft development, taking a player from somewhere that really didn't succeed there, and and putting that player in a position to win. It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you can do, and can we put you in a position to win? Kyle Van Noy is is a case in point, right? He was a first-round, quote-unquote, bust for the Detroit Lions, comes to New England, becomes a sought-after free agent, goes to Miami for a year, and now he's going back to New England. So if anybody understands that kind of development process and putting people in positions that they can excel in, I think it's the New England Patriots. So I'm really fascinated to watch this whole thing play out because I don't think most teams are as adept at putting uh, players in great positions. Um, And I think New England's the best uh, at doing that. So it'll be really interesting to watch that thing kind of unfold. I I agree. That to me, that's what coaching is. Coaching is putting players in the best position that you can in order for them to succeed. And Belichick does that as well as anybody. Is Russell Wilson going to get traded? Am I living in a world, Stink, where in the next six weeks, Russell Wilson is going to get traded? I don't. I don't believe so. I mean, I think if anything, look at this last offer that allegedly went down between Seattle and Chicago. Right? It was three first-round picks. It was two defensive starters. It was a third-round pick, and the Seattle Seahawks said, "Hey, listen, thanks, but no thanks." So I, I just, I like 
that to me is a, a franchise that's not really interested in moving a player, but we will listen to you. And then at the end of the day, we're just not going to move Russell Wilson. I don't think they'll move him. Um, I do say this about Russell, though. You know, the complaints, it just feels out of character to me, out of character to me for the complaints about, hey, I get hit too much. And, you know, I would like to sit down and, and put the 45 sacks a year that they give up and say, okay, how many do we credit to you? How many, uh, and I understand you make a lot of plays by scrambling around and, and buying time and making big throws to Lockett or Metcalf down the football field, but there are so many times that, that you put yourself in harm's way and you take a hit that you shouldn't take or you take a sack that you shouldn't take. And so if we divvy up, which every team does, they divvy up the responsibility of every sack, goes to a player, goes to a scheme. Sometimes it goes to the coaches. But oftentimes what people don't really understand, it goes to the quarterback. And how many of those sacks and how many of those hits go directly to Russell Wilson bypassing the first option that's open in that progression saying, I want to make something bigger happen because those are on you. So do we eliminate those 45? Do we cut it down to 30? Do we cut it down to 28? Like, I don't know what that number is, but, you know, I'd like to sit down and try to figure that out with Russell Wilson say, how can we as a coaching staff put you in a better position to win, but understand, you don't understand Russell that you have to do what's called and every time you go out of the out of your way to make something big happen and you put yourself in harm's way, those things are on you. And there's not a whole lot we can do about that unless you want to change the way you play. Greeny and Mark Schlereth uh, coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. It's This is fascinating to me because what you're basically describing is the lot in life of the offensive lineman. If the quarterback... When, when he makes those three spectacular plays a game that he makes, we all talk about how great he is and put him in the Hall of Fame and he's underpaid at 30 whatever it is million dollars a year. And then all those sacks that come as a result of those plays, we blame on you, <laughs> right? We yeah. blame on Stink. And I can hear in your voice, you don't like it. Yeah, that, I mean, I would, be, I would be very upset if I played there, if I was an offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks and, and I played there. Um, you know, I mean... It wouldn't be contentious, but he certainly would understand, like, how upset I am about about the way you portrayed us as a group when a lot of those things come on you. You know, I remember being here in Denver several years ago when I was still working with you at ESPN, and um, and Tim Tebow was playing here in a game against Detroit where they gave up seven sacks. And the community was livid about how bad the offensive line was and how, you know, how egregious the performance was. Six of the sacks went straight to Tebow. They threw a smoke screen, which is a one-step drop where the offensive line is not – they're not assigned to block anybody. They're assigned to escape downfield and get to the second level. Tim Tebow decided not to throw it, held on to the ball, and got sacked. And people are screaming, oh, look how bad they are. They can't even protect that. Well, they're not supposed to protect that. That's on your quarterback. And so six of the seven went directly to Tim Tebow, and yet everybody here – was crucifying the offensive line. That cannot be. And so inside the walls of that organization, they know what went down. I don't like I don't have those numbers, but I guarantee you I've done enough Seattle games for Fox over the last couple of years that that um, I can tell you that he puts a lot of uh, he puts himself in harm's way quite often. I'm telling you what this is. This is a great show idea. 
where, where you sit down and you analyze, okay, this is whose fault this was. Like, like this, this, is, uh, this is the show I will watch. In fact, I may steal right. this idea and do it <laughs> because, because that's what it is. Like, like that, you're making an excellent point that so many things that happen, most fans – most fans who did not play f- organized football at a reasonably significant level do not recognize what really happened on most plays. And you've told me this a million times, and Mike used to say it, and anyone who ever played on the line of scrimmage says that, that if you follow the football, you don't really know what happened on a play. It's all the other things that happen, and if you can explain that, I'm telling you it's an excellent idea. But, yeah, I always, I always – well, you're not stealing anything because you just came up with the idea. So, <laughs> I mean, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Um, but – you know, it happens all the time where they say, well, that was triple coverage. No, it wasn't. I mean, you're playing a zone, and, and when the ball gets thrown, everybody runs over there. Like, eventually, there's a lot of guys in that window, but that was never triple coverage. So it's always interesting. By the way, your Trubisky point. Yes. I, you know, I think this is really interesting that Trubisky goes to Buffalo mm-hmm. because having conversations last year with Josh Allen about changing his mechanics and how much better he's become in the pocket – You think about if you're Mitchell Trubisky, all right, I'll take this one-year deal for less money. The offense coordinator, Brian Dable, is a hot commodity who's done a great job with that offense in Buffalo and the progression of really getting Josh Allen more accurate down the field, changing his mechanics, all those things. So if you go as Trubisky, you say, hey, man, I'm on a a one-year rehab program, a football rehab program in Brian Dable's offense who absolutely changed the mechanics of Josh Allen, and Brian Dable's eventually going to be a head coach in this job, in this league. Do I go get my rehab year and then follow him to wherever he goes and have an opportunity to compete for a starting job? I think it's a fascinating move by Mr. Trubisky, which shows it's more than just about chasing a dollar. It's about trying to build your career and putting yourself in the best position to do that. Shows a lot of maturity from a young quarterback. I agree. I think it gives him the best chance he has at this point of of, of regaining whatever it is that he originally thought sure. he might wind up being. One more thing for you. Mark Schlereth is with me. Uh, you played with John Elway at the end of his career, won two championships at the end, and how, how close you are to him and love him. And I remember at the very end for him. And I'm thinking about Brady, like the the legendary great quarterbacks. Like Brady shows no signs of wanting to be done or of slowing down. So as you think back to how how and why John Elway ended his career, what does that instruct us as far as how much longer this can go with Brady? Like is there a reason to think he doesn't have two, three, four, whatever it is, more years left as you think back on the way it ended for Elway? Um, no, obviously the training and, and the way you take care of yourself is way different in today's game than it was during my time and during John Elway's time and um, and the way they protect the quarterback. I mean, John Elway took a beating in his first 10, 11 years in the league. So, you know, your, your wear and tear factor and, and, and how that affected you down the road has completely changed. I've taught, you know, it's fast. Brady's a fascinating case study to me because I did, I think I did four Tampa games this year and just talking to Brady about the way he prepares, the way he takes care of himself. Um, like I said, fascinating case study, just the drive that he has to continue to train and to do these things. Um, he's an amazing, amazing player. And we have such a, a propensity to try to write his obituary, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we constantly in the media are trying to write the guy's obituary. And when you watch him, and I talked to him about this, I watched him for his entire career. I've been an NFL analyst for his entire career. 
I see no discernible drop-off in skill set from the time he was in his 20s to the time he is now in his in his early 40s. And I like how, and, and it's through training and through pliability and flexibility, but he agreed. He does not have any discernible drop-off in arm talent or his ability to throw the ball or velocity on the ball. Any of that stuff is pretty much the same as it's always been. So that guy's going to play till he's 45, and and then he'll make a decision whether he wants to keep playing beyond that or not. Right, yeah, he'll be 44 this season, so 45 is two more seasons, and if he wants to keep going, I don't see any obvious reason to think he can't. I got to run stink hugs to everybody. Thank you, as always. It is such a pleasure to catch up and keep posting all those fun videos. I'll keep watching. All right, Greeny. All the best, buddy. You too, my man. That's the great Mark Schlereth with me again. Over the many, many years that I hosted the old show, Mike and Mike, uh, I would say he hosted with me the most of anyone when Mike was off. And we have a, you know, just a longstanding fun friendship. And he was just the best. And, and the, he, he would talk about Elway all the time and tell me how Elway was the most competitive person that he'd ever been around. He would say, Elway would want to play ping pong. You want to play Papa Shite, whatever it was, whatever nonsense you were doing. John Elway, it would matter to him to win. And that's just sort of a, a common trait amongst all of these all-time greats. Brady obviously is like that. <coughs> Jordan was like that. And, and that's one of the ways in which they're all similar. Okay, it's a Friday tradition. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Against our better judgment, we finish every single week with who you got, which brings in our disheveled board operator, hashtag Bubba, to ask me a series of questions and ask me who I've got. Hello again, Bubba. What's up, bro? <laughs> Not too much, my friend. All right, let's get this party started. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger. So who has more pressure on them to win this upcoming season, Cliff Kingsbury or Matt Nagy? Well, who you got? The answer is, if, if the question is anyone or Matt Nagy, the answer is Matt Nagy. I believe Matt Nagy has more pressure on him than any other person in the NFL. If we are to define pressure by you're going to get fired if things don't go well. Like Carson Wentz, I think, has a level of pressure on him that is different, um, and more people will pay attention to it because of who he is. But I think Matt Nagy is the coach on the hottest seat and the one most likely to lose his job if things don't go well quickly. So the answer to that question and probably all questions of its kind this year is the coach of the Chicago Bears. Bubba, what's next? All right, Eagles GM Howie Roseman hasn't ruled out drafting a quarterback with the sixth pick. Dan Orlovsky adamantly opposed to it. Dan Graziano, not so much. So which Dan do you agree with? Who you got here? I love Dan Orlovsky, but you know that if I'm prefacing my response by saying that, I'm disagreeing with him. I think it's it's in, in lunacy. If you love one of these quarterbacks, there are five quarterbacks in the first round. A minimum of one of them is guaranteed. Well, it's not guaranteed, but it's going to be there at six when the Eagles pick. It's not going to be Trevor Lawrence, and it's not going to be Zach Wilson. If somehow Justin Fields falls there, or you love Trey Lance, or you love Mac Jones— then of course you take him. Of course you take the quarterback. There's nothing better to have than a quarterback on a rookie contract. and a first-round pick, you control five years. Remember, Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. They only actually control him for three more. And I certainly, while I was very impressed with Hurts last year, I'm not ready to say, oh, yeah, he is the quarterback of the Eagles for the next decade. That seems ridiculous to me. So no doubt in my mind, if they love one of those guys, it's all about how much they love the player. 
But if they love one of those quarterbacks and he's available, then I absolutely think they should take him. Bubba, with who you got, what's next? All right, on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny, you asked which team has made the most impactful hires the NFL offseason, Patriots, Cardinals, Washington. So let's get your answer, who you got. The answer is Washington, and that's why it was a sneakily worded question. Notice I said impactful. The Patriots made the biggest moves, the most moves. But the very particular moves Washington made, they got a corner from Cincinnati named William Jackson, who was going to be so good in that defense with that pass rush. They got a receiver, Curtis Samuel, who is a a multidimensional weapon on the offense, who's going to team with his old college buddy, McLaurin. And that is a dynamic, fast-receiving duo that is going to put up huge numbers this year. And they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I'm telling you is going to be better than anyone is crediting for. They were 32nd out of 32 teams in QBR this past year, Washington, the worst quarterback play. Fitzpatrick will get them to cut that in half. They will be 16th with average quarterback play in the, uh, this year. That team last year would have been 9-7. and seven. This year they'll be 10-6. and six. Washington will be 10-6 and six because of the acquisitions they made. So they are the answer to the question. Greeny and Bubba on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's next? Cowboys legend Andy Dalton says he was told he'll be the starter in Chicago, but do you really think he'll be the starter week one in Chicago? What do you got for the Bears? Uh, that's so funny. Uh, no. Well, do I think he'll be the starter? Yes, I, I do. Um, because I don't think they're going to be able to get Russell Wilson because they don't have anything to give Seattle that they want. And look, I feel bad for Andy Dalton to the extent that Only because everyone was convinced they were getting Russell Wilson does this seem like such a disappointment. He's a decent roll of the dice. At this stage of his career, he's better than what they otherwise would. He's better than Nick Foles. So I I don't think it's nearly as awful as it is being received, but I understand the reception of it. So do I think he'll be their starting quarterback week one? Yes, because I don't think they'll have a better option. Bubba, what's next? All right, it's normally Thursday, Friday. For whatever reason, this year it's Friday, Saturday. But where does the first round of the NCAA tournament rank in your sports calendar? You got Sunday at the Masters, opening day, championship Sunday in the NFL, always a good one. A lot of options on the sports calendar. Who you got? If you're asking me what's number one? Number one, sports calendar moment. No question. Number one is Sunday at the Masters. I've said it many times. If you told me I could only watch sports on television one day a year, I would watch Sunday at the Masters. And obviously, I wouldn't be real happy about missing the Super Bowl and other things. But if I could only watch one day, I'd watch Sunday at the Masters. That's the easiest question you will ask me today. Bubba, we got more? We do. A couple of years ago, Nuno and I had to eat some things because of an NCAA tournament bet on the Will Kane show here on ESPN Radio. I had to eat mayo and something called grass jelly. Nuno had to eat pig's ears. So who had it worse? Who you got? Mayo and what was the other thing? It was uh, Taiwanese grass jelly. And the other one was pig's ears? Nuno had some pig's ears. How he were the pig's ears it. prepared? Like, what were they? They were in a jar. Straight were... out of a jar. Uh, Just right I in mean, a jar. Is death an option? Like, I'm not one of, I don't eat, I don't eat particularly adventurously under normal circumstances. You'll notice those were never steaks that I put on the table for the Mike and Mike wagers, because I don't do <laughs> yeah, that. I remember. I can't eat that stuff. So I, I guess I would say that Nuno got the worst of it, but I don't say that with much conviction. All right, Bubba Granger. 
Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Well done. Bubba, thank you. Thank you to the entire hashtag crew. Thank you to Stink and Diana Russini and Mark Schlereth for being and uh, and and James Brown for being with us today. But most importantly, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me this week and every week. I'm having so much fun being back doing this. I'm having so much fun taking the phone calls. I'm having so much fun bringing you the news of the day, the sports day, and having fun with it. Have a terrific weekend. I'll see you Monday. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.